0: And I want to thank you for 2018. Let me be a part of your life. My wife and I very much understand that we are blessed to be in this place. And you have loved us. You have loved our family. You have treated us well this last year. Thank you for doing pastor appreciation in October. All the things you do, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for so many reasons. Number one is that you're an encouragement to us. Whenever I see you walk in the door, you're an encouragement to us. And um, it's also an encouragement to know that there's a light in Brookfield. There's a light in this city, and that's important. Um, There's a light in your city because of where you live. It's you, and that's important as well. So I want to thank you. Um, You may be seated real quick. I'm just going to take a moment of liberty. Funny thing is that whenever you have friends like we have, um, sometimes you feel like you want to go back to where they're serving. And my friend Jonica, last night we got to meet with him, and he put a quote out there that really affected me, and it says, "People who really want to make a difference in the world usually do it in one way or another. They find a way to do it, and." I've noticed something about people who make a difference in the world. They hold an unshakable conviction that individuals are extremely important. Just one is important enough. Do you know Jesus would have died on the cross if it was just you? Just one would have brought him to Calvary. It says that every life matters. They get excited over a smile. They are willing to feed one stomach, educate one mind, and treat one wound. They aren't determined to revolutionize, they aren't determined to revolutionize the world all at once, but they are determined to revolutionize the world by one. That is what we do here every single week. We strive to help you to do what we can to change a heart, to open our home, to have life groups, whatever we're doing, Do it for one, because Jesus would have done it for one. And for some of you, it may not be reaching the world, may not be having a Bible study with somebody else, but it is raising the children in your home. You're raising lights. You're raising those that can change the world, and you can invest in them one at a time. Amen? Amen. We've kind of been huddled around Isaiah 61 through 2, and um, this verse has been a strength to me. As I've been studying it and looking into it, it's a prophecy. It's, it's given to Jerusalem. It's the people of God he's speaking of. And he says, arise and shine. If you're comfortable with sitting, fine. If you want to stand, that is fine as well. He says, arise and shine for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord. Have everybody had a situation that couldn't be changed? But the Lord stepped in. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Thank you, God, for the hearing, the reading, and the power of your word. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You know you're a light to the world? In 2012, I didn't know what to do. I was in a moment of transition. Thank you, Dean, so much, fondly known as Deenicus. We love you so much. I don't know if you guys noticed this beautiful backing on this keyboard or not. I'm just going to point it out, just you know, this beautiful area right here. That was created by Deenicus as well. He's a man of many talents. He's running now, embarrassed, as I put him on the spot. Hey, I didn't put you on the spot. So hey, it's free game. I can still get you before the end of the sermon. I'm coming your way. No. 2012, I was transitioning out of some things, and I decided to reinitiate my funeral director's license and opened a funeral home in Waterford called Integrity Funeral Service. And we were trying to figure out what kind of emblem we wanted to use to represent a place to help people through grief. And we kept coming back to the lighthouse, the the symbol of the lighthouse. And while we were discussing what we were going to do and how we were going to build our business cards and what was going to be our vision for the business, it was going to be that we were going to be a place in the midst of people's storms of life going through the hardest thing they've been through and that's losing a loved one. They, we were going to be a firm place where they could see light at the end of their dark day. And I started dealing with that and, and working that over in my mind and I realized that the difference, I was like, what, what's the difference? I mean, what, why is a lighthouse so important on the edge of the rocks? And number one is that we have to understand that just like a lighthouse, we are made to shine. Amen? We're made to shine in a dark world. And I was like, some of the ships that come in to port have brighter lights on them than the lights that are in the lighthouse. Some of them have the capabilities of flooding light over the ocean and lighting up entire football fields of area. And so why is it that the lighthouse is so much stronger and so much more needed and so much of a hope in a desperate situation when ships are coming in from storms? When they have all the light they need on board, they have many capabilities, and yet just that one light circling on the shore is their place of safety and comfort because they know that is the shoreline and there is the port They know how to find the place of refuge and the place of safety because of one light. Not the strongest light, but a light nonetheless in a sure place. I know you know this, but Jesus is the rock on which we stand. Amen? And the one thing about carrying the light in the dark world is we may take our lantern and walk into our workplace and walk into the life that we lead, But when you have your feet firmly planted on Jesus Christ, you are like a lighthouse in the storms of others' lives. You are a place and a beacon of hope. You may not be the lightest bright bright light in the place. You may not be the most talented person that people would look at. You may not be the most charismatic individual that people say, I want to follow them. I want to win like they win. You may not be that person, but if you're carrying light in your life and you're walking in the steps of God and you're standing on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ, you are a light to those in the storm. Amen? But the difference we must understand is that those... Can you hear me? Is this thing working? Yes, good. I couldn't hear myself for a second. I kind of panicked on the inside. Just for a second. (laughs) That those in the storm and those in the lighthouse have to go through the same storms. The lighthouse on the rock as we are referencing here as an analogy, us on the rock of Christ Jesus, carrying our light into the world because we were made to shine, have to sometimes go through the same storms that those that don't have the light of God in their life go through. But the difference is, the difference is that no matter where and what we go through, we have to understand that our light is so valuable because if the light goes out at the lighthouse, nobody can find the shore in the storms. If we understand that carrying the light must be done, we must shine. We were made to shine in good times. And in, I know I'm yelling because I'm excited. Help the preacher preach today, amen. In good times and in bad times, in strong times, in weak times, in times of daylight and in times of dark night, in times of celebration and in times of deep storm. We have to remember we must continue to shine. We need Jesus Christ the foundation of our life to help us with his Holy Ghost to live a light that shines before men that they might see our good works and glorify our God which is in heaven. Why is it that our good works help them glorify God? Because we while they're going through the storm we can say I've been through that same storm I know where you came from I know what you've gone through and you don't have to do it alone because I found out I can survive the storm I can survive the situation and I can still have a light in my life because he helps me on a firm foundation to hold the light up that others say how did you get through it it wasn't that my light was so bright every single day it was that I was on the firm foundation of the rock of Christ Jesus and the light still shined bright in darkest nights the dark of the night the brighter the light it's interesting that we're made to shine through the struggles of life how many have been through tests and trials you know what it's like to have to shine and live for God in hard moments amen kind of like a tumbler shines up rough rocks. Life tends to tumble us along at times and we begin to be more brilliant and more bright and it cuts off the rough edges and helps us to shine the spirit of God brighter to the world. It's those things that we go through that we can stand there and say, I've been through that storm and I know what it's like to stay faithful in the storm. It's hard sometimes those pesky things we call the trials of life. Sometimes they're difficult, sometimes they're not easy. But I learned, and you've come too late to convince me otherwise, that you can shine your light in the darkest of your nights. Because the light is not dependent upon how you feel. The light is dependent upon what you know. And when you know that the truth of God's word is a light in your life, when you invest the word of God in your heart and you spend time in the Bible, there are going to be moments where you don't feel good, you don't feel like even serving the Lord. Hello somebody, anybody want to get real in here? You don't even feel like doing the right thing and there's going to be a word of God that bubbles up in your heart and it's going to come to your mind and a light's going to pop up and it's going to say, no, you need to serve the Lord with gladness. You need to come before his presence with singing. I don't feel like singing today. Oh, but there a word inside me that won't let me do anything else because it's the light in me. It's the hope in me. It's the joy that's in me. And I'm grateful for a light that kept me in a dark night, a light that said, though I fall seven times, I'm still going to get up again. My life is not a testimony of how bright I shine. My light is a testimony of how resilient the power and the word of God was in my life to keep me shining, to help me live a light that lived on. And I'm thankful because the circumstances of life can give you the ability to do two things, to become resilient or to become resentful. There's no other option. There's either one or the other. The Holy Ghost empowers us for the former to be resilient. And I'm preaching today resilient radiance. I believe the only thing that lets my light go into other people's lives is the fact that I knew how to continue to keep getting up when I fell down. Because I am not a perfect individual, and neither are you. (laughs) I just happen to have the microphone. (laughs) People are like, oh, you get to preach, preacher. Here, you take the mic. You do this every week. It's not not that easy, is it? No, it's not. But the truth about preaching is not that I'm so good at it, or that I do it so well. You have your shoes off? I'm sorry. (laughs) She's settled in for the sermon. (laughs) It's like watching something and you take your shoes off, put your feet up. Why do girls do that? They always put their feet up on the when they're watching the movie. All right. All right. You stay here, okay? Don't go anywhere. You're looking good today. Sorry. I'll take Sister Carla, Could you help me out? Come on the other side of Sarah over here. And lock elbows with her. Angie, would you help me out? Come and lock elbows with Sarah. Anybody else want to help me out? Tasha, can you help me out? I need some, I'm getting a lot of estrogen up here. I need some help from some of the men. All you guys are like, why'd you say that, Pastor? I'm not going to use you if you don't want to be used, but I'm going to use my brother because he's a good man of God. Let's Come on, let's go up here. So what we're going to have you do is we're going to have you hang out over here by Carla, and I want you to hold on. I need a couple anchors. Tom, can I borrow you? Is that all right? Can you be an anchor over here? All right, everybody give them a big hand. If I keep going, I'll just <laughs> Now, I, I just want to show something real quick. Can you just unlock arms real quick right here and just you guys stay locked? Yeah, and just go ahead and do this right here. Now if I'm, if I'm the enemy, you know what I want to do? I want to attack what's in the me, in her. I want to attack anything I can and push up.. <laughs> Does she, have, does she have she's going to get me. Does she have stability just then? Was she expecting that? No. Now go ahead and lock elbows. This is what happens. And then are you ready this time? And then when the enemy comes against you, that's why he wants to get you alone. He wants to get you by yourself, thinking that you can do this on your own, because without help, you will fall. You need the prayers of the people of God. You need the help and the resilience of the people of God. So when now when I push on her, she's not going anywhere. You can literally keep your feet together, and I could push you back, and they would hold you up. They did pretty good, didn't they? They're pretty good. But not only that, but if I go over here and I push on Tosh, she's going to be stronger because she's linked to other people. Amen? So the fact that you're trying to shine a light, you're trying to be a hope in a dark world, and guess what? You're brighter with your friends around you. You're brighter with those that are closest to you. You're brighter with someone locking elbows with you saying, you're going to make it. You might be having a bad Sunday, a bad week, a bad day, a bad month, a bad year. It doesn't matter. I'm with you. I got my arms locked around you. And when I push on one, it affects the others. So when our sister needs help with some help, when our brother needs some help, when our sister, our pastor. Wife needs some help. We need to get around them. We need to lock arms with them and say, You're not gonna fall. You're not gonna go down. I'm gonna help you stay up. Your resilience is not only in you, how good you can stand, how you could how strong you are, your resilience is based upon who is locked in with you. So we lock arms, we lock hands, we lock in prayer, we lock in faith, we join in fasting, we join in many prayers. Why? Because we're holding each other up while somebody might be pushed on more than the other guess what, that's okay if we gotta take arms with Jessica and hold her till things become different we're gonna hold her if we gotta hold on to somebody else if we gotta hold on to another situation and pray till healing comes guess what, healing can come if we just keep holding on to each other the resilience of your light being radiant is based upon who you have around you not just who you have in you the Holy Ghost in us changes us you can be seated give them a big hand they weren't expecting any of that if you could turn off all the lights I'd appreciate it the power of God to shine is based upon your ability to rise we talked about it last week to get up but what what if it wasn't just one light What if we went and lit all of these lights up? Together, we would light them all up. These are like vessels that haven't even come to God yet. What if these are, are people that are right now in this city that are just looking for truth, looking for light, and we have it? We have the truth. We're carrying a gospel that can change their life, the death, burial, and resurrection, the thing that gives light, and yet... We have strength in numbers. But what about the ones that haven't linked elbows with us yet? What about the ones that are still living in darkness? We can take a light to them, amen? And the way we take a light to them is through prayer and fasting. You could turn the lights back on if you'd like or leave them off, I don't care. I can preach with the lights off. (laughs) But the lights that we carry is to the world. Could you get that basket for me? The one thing that I know that our light was, is to shine is Matthew 6, 14 through 16 says. It says, let your light so shine before men that he may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. It's the next verse. Thank you. And what I found out was as I was studying for fasting, because we want to begin fasting this week, if you have the opportunity and and you're able to, I would ask you to join us in prayer and fasting this week. We have obviously a prayer service tonight to kick that off. I'm going to be talking more about it. But the beauty of prayer and fasting is it lets your light shine bright. It lets your light break forth. The scripture says, grab for me, team, if you would. The last verse I said, Isaiah 58, 8 through 14. We were talking about this with my friend Tom this week. And we're talking about breaking forth as a light. And I'm going to need you to go shut off the lights again in just a minute. But if you just think, thank Sarah for helping me with this. Whenever you're talking about fasting and when when is a good time to fast. And someone asked me the other day, um, how do you know when you should fast? Seth, I want you to work these lights that are right here in front, and I'm going to tell you when to do that. But whenever you begin to feel dull, or you begin to not feel a spiritual edge, or like or like you're not sensing things like you used to, and you feel more carnal than you used to, even carnal desires rising up in you, that is the time when you need to go to fasting. When you need to take what fasting is, is simply laying aside natural food for your body and then picking up the word of God or prayer time in its place. You need to substitute one for the other. Fasting with a prayer is just like going hungry without losing weight, it's really frustrating. The same thing is true in the spiritual world. If you don't spend time with God while fasting or or reading the Word in place of your spiritual, uh, treating it as spiritual food rather than natural food, you need to do that in order to give yourself the, the, the power and the efficiency and the actual effectiveness of fasting that you would spend time with God more than... And then it says... It says in scripture and this is something that we were dealing with this week then light shall then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily and the righteousness Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward, re-reward. And I began to study that and find out that re-reward is actually a military term. How many know I'm talking the truth? Right now, it's a military term that was used. And what they would do is when they were attacking somebody, they would attack them with with the front lines. And then they would send, they would break off and they would send somebody around to come in behind them and sandwich their enemy They would send around a re-reward or a a group of soldiers around behind. And so what fasting does is it not only gives you the ability to pray and to attack the spiritual darkness that's going on and the things that are going on in your life, but it also gives you the opportunity to create a reverse attack, attack from re-reward, that the Lord shall be your protector to the places you can't see, to the blindsides that you can't see. And that when you start to feel carnal sometimes it's because the enemy is attacking you in a place that you can't see yet and if you just go to prayer and to fasting he'll become your re-reward he'll begin to protect you in the places and take your back and get your back for you and keep you safe in places you can't even see and so if you go to the to the previous scripture I was talking about in Matthew 4 or in Matthew sorry I don't have my notes Matthew 5 14 it says, let your light so shine before men. So this is what I do whenever I know I need to fast. Seth, I need you to bring some of these lights down slowly. Just click the bottom and let them go down. Whenever you're walking with God and you have light in your life, just these, these ones here, just start to bring them down. Just one at a time. Just hit one and let it go all the way down. Just push the bottom and let it go all the way down. there. Just these lights, watch them go. So now you notice that things are getting darker. Things, light, these lights are starting to go out. You notice how it's getting darker. This is when you start to fast. Not when the light goes completely out. Not whenever you're so, you're so, so out of you know, energy that you can't even find light. There's no way to find... What happens is when if you start to walk with God and you can bring, bring these lights all the way back up now, When you start to walk with God and you begin to fast, the Bible says that there's a light that will break forth as the noonday, that literally that whenever you begin to see things dimming in your life or dimming in a family's life or dimming in someone's relationship with God or you see someone struggling in some area, that you can begin to pray and fast and bring these lights back up and God will literally bring the lights back on as the noonday. He said he'll, he'll light it back up for you and that lighting up can only come through prayer and fasting. That's the only way you can do it. And the way that that happens is it literally turns the light back on, the revelation back on, and it gives you an understanding. And a lot of times when you pray and fast, you get such clarity and know what to do in a situation that you didn't know what to do in before, what to do with it before. And the Bible says that... that. You should let your light so shine before men. So shine before men. I'll get it in a minute. That Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Go on to the next verse if you would. If you don't have it, it says that, that there is such a thing as having a light in a dark world and putting it under a bushel. Take all the lights off if you will. This is like light calisthenics. On, off, on, off. If you have a light that God has given you And if you put it under a basket, is this the purpose of a flashlight? (laughs) Why would you do this? The whole purpose of a flashlight is so that you can see the path before you. But it says that you should shine your light before men, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, as we talked last week. And it gives light to the whole to all those who are in the house. In other words, the purpose of lighting a lamp or the purpose of having a light in your life is not just for you. You don't get to decide what you do with the light. When God lights you up, when God gives you his spirit, when God puts something in your life that changes forever, when he gives you a testimony that's a miracle and he's changed your life and you've got a light, God said you don't like that light just to put it under a basket or to hide it. You can turn the lights on again. You, You literally are given that light so that you can show it before all men. Amen, somebody. So that you can live your life in such a way that they know what you have been through and they know what you've done and they know where you came from. They know your testimony. Revelation gives us power in that. It says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and their light, the word of their testimony. Literally, that God has given you overcoming power by the fact that you don't put your light in a place that's hidden. You just go ahead and say, God, I don't know if this is gonna offend them or not. I don't know if this is going to help them or not, but I've got a light that I have to carry. I have a light that I have to lead. I have to be vocal about it. I have to be brilliant about it. I have to be resilient and resonant about it. I have to radiate what God has given me. And I don't have to judge whether I'm going to win six or eight or ten to the Lord or whether I'm going to stand at heaven's gate. And the question that the Lord, I believe, is going to ask me is, who did you bring with you? Who did you carry up with you? I didn't pick you up for you to stand as king of the mountain and say, sorry, you didn't make it. You didn't have enough strength. You didn't have enough knowledge. You didn't have enough training. I picked you up. So you'll reach down to somebody else and say, I know where you can stand firm. I know where your light can be a help to somebody else. Let's get on the rock of Christ Jesus today. Let's stand on the thing that is firm when we don't have any firm foundation. This whole world is shaking right now. We are literally seeing the destruction of financial systems. Our government shut down. We're seeing stuff that I have never seen before in my lifetime. And I know I've seen a lot because I've dealt with a lot light in the church because the world does affect the church whether we like it or not. Stuff walks in the back door but guess what? When it walks in the back door no matter how dark it is the light is still able to conquer it. In other words I'm so grateful I am so grateful that darkness darkness is the absence of light light is not the absence of darkness I'm so grateful that I know the truth of God's word will win every time I'm so grateful to know I feel like preaching in here that the love of God never fails I'm so grateful to know that if the enemy comes against me that the Lord will raise a standard up against him God will put a wall up he's not never mind I won't make that joke (laughs) we're going to build a wall and make the devil pay for it how about that God is going to do something in this church and in our lives that we have to stand on and say I don't know if you understand all that I've been through and I don't have five minutes to explain what it's like to go through everything you've been through or what I've been through but when somebody walks up and they don't have a light all you have to do is give them the power source and they can have the light that you have in their life you plug them into the power source and God will change them we talked last week about having the light in a safe place. That you need your identity, your anointing, and the truth in your life. It has to speak to you every day. But I know this, that I am a light. Amen? And the devil can't change that. Nothing he does can put out my light. Nothing he says can change the brightness or the darkness of it. But when the world feels like it's caving in, and the lights feel like they're going down, I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to use me to reach somebody in a dark place. Because light removes darkness and light reveals danger and when we see a dimming in our spirit and a dimming in our spirituality and carnality rising it's a moment to trigger we need to fast we are the church, amen it's not this building, it's you and so whenever you sense something coming on in your life you need to fast my brother started fasting and I was sharing this with a friend last night my brother started fasting in November and I'm closing. He called me and he said, bro, I don't know how to say this, but I feel like God might be transitioning, transitioning me out of the pastor to this church. He goes, there's, just, there's been a lot happening and then I've been praying and I'm going to fast. And, and I was like, I, I was conflicted because while I wanted his family to be healthy and strong and to have everything that makes them happy, I didn't want to speak against the calling of God if he needed to get through a difficult time. And God had a new thing for him there in that church. And that week, he got a call from a friend. And that weekend, he was served a notice that the the lease was not going to be honored anymore where they were having church. And so they had no place to go have church. And so all of them went back to the mother church, the big church, And a few went to a neighboring Pentecostal church. And he said, I have been fasting for months about this, the entire month of November, and I didn't know what to do. And when he fasted and he finished his fast that weekend, everything happened. And it was miraculous. I can't even tell you the whole story. But I was conflicted, and I was praying for him, and I was like, God, what do you want to do? And I didn't know what to do. And when you fasted and when there was prayer and fasting joined together. Remember what Jesus said, this kind cometh not out but through prayer and fasting. He was dealing with spirits. Sometimes we forget that we're more spirit in a body than a body with a spirit. Sometimes we forget that this is a spiritual walk through life not just a physical walk. You're not just checking off goals in your life, but you actually have a spirit that interacts with a spiritual invisible world. And the scripture tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. There is an enemy of your soul and he's attacking every day and he wants to snuff out the light that's in your life. And I say he cannot have any light in this place. That we are going to stand as strong as we have to. We're going to hand out as many batteries to flashlights. I wanted to give out flashlights today. I'm always giving you guys all kinds of junk. I, I was going to give all these away and say, go fill them with flashlights, bring them back next week. I may still do that. But the fact is that if we have to keep on having someone come in and plug them in and recharge their batteries every week. The best place to do it is at the house of God. You should recharge your own batteries. I get that. But if you have to come here to have your light strengthened, come and we will strengthen your faith we will change the atmosphere god will step into this place and there will be healings in places where there's darkness did, did you know did you know that in malachi when he said if you will obey the word of the lord i will honor you i will come to you and Previously to that he said if you don't do this if you don't obey the word of the Lord if you don't do my ordinances and follow after my word I will not and the people that were in that day the people that were in Israel that day they chose not to and we had 400 years of darkness 400 years of silence from the last page in the Old Testament to the first page in the New Testament they call it 400 years of silence and even when they were going in They said that the word of God was precious to them because there was so little light. There was so little word from God. I wonder if today we could celebrate the preciousness of Jesus, our light, being in our life. Is he precious to you? Is he a God who you understand brings the light into your life through the power of the Holy Ghost? Are you a witness today to that? Are you a witness every day to that? When you get up and you have a bad hair day, is it still a day to shine the light? When your kids aren't doing the best, is it still a day to shine the light? When you get a transmission that goes out on the way to work, is it still a day to shine the light? When you have a flat tire and the AAA guy comes to help you, do you have the mindset that what if this tire went flat because he needs Jesus? Or she, she could change tires too. I don't know. I mean, it's 2019. We could have she's changing tires. That's fine. But what if we had the mindset that I carry the lamp so that I can help somebody else be a lamp and I'm going to share my light. That's how they used to light torches in the old days. they light them from one to the other. And the truth about the word of God is that's exactly what we're doing when we teach people and we give them the revelation of truth in the Word of God. Is we're taking our light and we're lighting their light and helping them to see the truth. How many have ever been in a Bible study before and God just showed you something you've never seen before? And God changed the situation. I'm thankful for the light that's in my life. I'm thankful for that light from my mother that said, God can provide when our car was crashed on the side of the freeway on the way to Alaska, God did provide. And when we didn't have food, God provided. I don't know about you, but if I have bills to pay, I turn to my wife and say, God will provide. Because this light has lived in my life for so long now. You should have faith to get through it if you've ever had to have faith to get through it before. Have you ever had a situation, and I'm finishing, have you ever had a situation in your life that was a prayer request, that turned into a praise report, and then went back to a prayer request? (laughs) Have you ever had that happen? Well, you had faith, and you saw it happen, and then things happened, and then you had to pray for it again? It's just a matter of continuing to shine your light through it. If you have faith for it now, you'll have faith for it. Then if you've ever had an answer to prayer, he can answer it now. If you've ever had a dark moment where he turned on a light for you. Jesus is like Tom Bodette. He'll leave the light on for you. Motel 6 reference, you're welcome. Let's stand together because I believe that in the last days, there's going to be a beautiful Return to God, as the scripture says. There's going to be a revival because when you see a light in the distance and all you've known is darkness, how warm and how inviting is that light? There's going to be such darkness in our day that the smallest light that you have lit, that you carry anywhere you go, is going to be drawn to. And people are going to want to know what you have. I have all kinds of scripture here I didn't get to, but I feel like God gave me this scripture to end with. Jeremiah 29 11. This is for you right now. This is for you. The Lord said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. The NIV says this I have a plan for you, says the Lord a plan for your well-being and not for your calamity to give you a future and a hope. Thank you, Sarah, for talking and teaching so well in Spirit Life class today about the hope that we have, the hope that heals us. I pray today and tonight as we join in prayer together this evening that we are able to light up something in each one of us. That the devil can never put out. Because you see, the light that he lights never goes out if we keep him in our hearts. The beauty of it is my resilience is because he helped me get up and others helped me by prayer and fasting and by locking their elbows with me, like I showed you today. But also, the beauty is when God lights a light, he takes responsibility for it and he's gonna keep you in his hands. Amen. Lord, I pray today that you give us victory. I pray that you'd give us that plan that you have for us. There's someone in this room that feels like they don't know exactly what's going on right now, but you have a plan for them, a plan for their well-being right now. And you're going to do things that are that are going to help them and not bring calamity. It may seem very tenuous at times, but it, it's going to be a thing that God does. You're going to protect their, their help. You're going to protect their home. You're going to protect their life. You're going to do what it takes to make them resilient. And in that resilience and helping them get up again and again and again, it's going to build a testimony that's a light to the world. And their resilience will become their radiance. I pray. That we choose this today. That someone in here chooses to be a victor, not to be vanquished, chooses to move forward in you. Not to sit back, not to stay back, but to to light up their life. And if they need strength, Lord God, in some way, energize them in this place. God, give them the power to be the light that you want them to be. Some are in darker places than others. I realize that. But Lord, we're going to fast and we're going to pray and we're going to see you do great things. And I pray a, a power and a light from you that you become what we need today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Take somebody by the hand next to you and would you bring them to the altar? I want you to pray for them. You're not gonna pray for yourself. You're gonna pray for them. Come on, come pray for somebody's ability to be lit up. Take them by the hand and bring them down here. Doesn't matter if you know them or you're close to them or not. I want you to pray for them. I want you to take them by the hand. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. It's all right. The altar's not scary. You're going to take them by the hand right now, and you're going to pray for the light that's in them to be bright. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, pray for that person you're holding the hand up. They need more light in their life. They need God to push back any spiritual darkness. They need the Lord to fight their battle for them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. I push back the darkness in Jesus' name with the light that you've given in my life, Jesus. I need more, Jesus, for you. Jesus, I'm hungry.